Hi, everybody. I'm Gary Thorne, and we welcome you to These Sports Rivals. It is brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Great to have you with us, everybody. Our purpose here in all of these shows is to preserve memories of some classic sports rivalries through the words of those who participated in them. These are rivalries that are being described from the inside out, and the inside out is about baseball and the College World Series today, as we are going to be joined by Jose Moda and Louis Medina. Before we get to them, let me just take you to the College World Series. College World Series started in 1947. Its purpose is to determine the Division I college baseball champions. It has become one of the truly great baseball events in any given year, at any level. People go to the College World Series, whether they have teams that they cheer for involved or not. Yearly uh, journeys are made to Rosenblatt Stadium in Omaha, where it is played. And it's a long struggle for ball clubs to get there, to be one of the final eight teams with an opportunity to go home as a National Division I college baseball champions. And our two guests today had the opportunity to do that, to be at the College World Series, to play in it. And in the case of Jose Mota, to come away with a College World Series championship in 1984. Jose uh, went on to play professional baseball. He has been uh, both an English and Spanish broadcaster with the Los Angeles Angels and others for over a 20-year period with that ball club. He played baseball in San Diego and Kansas City, was a second baseman, a two-time uh, college All-American, played at Cal State Fullerton. And Cal State Fullerton in 1984 won that Division I college baseball championship. As part of that season, Jose Moda in 84, he hit 357, playing in 76 games for the ball club. And uh, as Louis Medina will tell you later on, one of the great distinctions between the two of these players is, in Jose's case, he struck out 22 times in 286 at-bats. And as Louie told us previously, that was a week's work for me. <laughs> so we go to Louis Medina. Louie, the opportunity to play at Arizona State, 84 and 85. He had great offensive numbers there. Yeah, he may have struck out, but I've kidded him already and said you were the, uh, you were the beginning of the new baseball era, the all-or-nothing era, where you put the numbers up and you struck out, but you put the numbers up. He hit 318, for God's sake, in one of those years at Arizona State, and 379 batting average in the year 1985. Louie would go on to work. He's 20-plus years with the Kansas City Royals. He has done everything from scout to the position of a special assistant right now to the GM in Kansas City. So with that being said, let me introduce our guests, Jose Moda and Louie Medina, college rivals with Louis playing at Arizona State and Jose playing at Cal State Fullerton. They met in the College World Series in 1984. We'll get into that, obviously, in detail. But let me ask you guys to kick it off this way. Louis, I'll start with you, and the question for both of you is, can you give us a sense of the experience of participating in the College World Series and what that was like for you? Well, Gary, I mean, it's it's our first opportunity as amateurs to get a big league feel. Uh, you got cameras everywhere. The stands are packed. 
everybody's asking for autographs. Um, it was a phenomenal feeling. Um, you're floating on air. Um, you're trying to learn how to keep the game in perspective with all the outside noise. And, and again, that's probably your first opportunity to really uh, do something like that. And then you're seeing all the other great teams in one spot. I mean, as Jose can attest to that, I mean, Barry Larkin was in that tournament and, and uh, uh, Pete Cavilla, Greg Swindell. So there were big names. Obviously, they weren't superstars at, the, at that point yet, but you knew those guys were great players. So, so to see them all in one spot was pretty amazing. Yes, there's no doubt. Uh, to me, the experience was one where I have had conversations with Augie Garrido about what the World Series was like. And in conversations as a freshman, you're like, my God, that's so far away. Like, really, are we even going to get there? But Augie always had that mentality of, I got to prepare you for the big stage. And uh, as Louis attested to, that was our first experience with, you know, 15,000, 20,000 people in the stands uh against you i mean uh, we wore these bright orange uniforms some people didn't like those unis including the kids at arizona state i know louis um but man i was so nervous when we got there even though i had grown up obviously in the baseball family and saw a lot of people in the stands for my entire life this is not the same this is me now performing or not performing and this the smell of popcorn in omaha louis Rosenblatt and popcorn always went together to me. Uh, but the names, the excitement, uh, ESPN, uh, the team like Cal State Fullerton is not supposed to be there with all these big boys out there, including, you know, the Louis Medinas of the world and Peter Incabilias and, I mean, Mundell for Miami and Livingston and Gary Green. I mean, but, man, what an experience. But to me, it was also like a culmination of all these things that Augie had painted for us. And Ken Revisa, our sports psychologist, had painted for us, rest in peace for both. You come together as a team, national champions. I'm like, come on. When Augie first said that in that meeting, like first meeting in 1984, we're sitting down. Obviously, fall of 83, we get into a, 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 a hall, a hall, and he puts 1984 national champions before we even he even says a word. I go, what is this guy talking about? We just got lambasted by Arizona State in a regional. And Augie goes, hey. That right there is what we're aiming for. And if you don't believe that, get out of the room. And then it's like, here we are. All the things that we talked about, how are you going to be able to relax and play the game? Go at it. My goodness. I'll never forget that, that experience. And to me, I, I mentioned this to a broadcaster uh, the other day doing a Dominican radio show. Playing the World Series to me was more exciting than getting to the big leagues or even playing the big leagues because of what it takes to get there. All the guys that you play against with, uh, you, you crisscross in summer baseball, and all of a sudden, there you are, big stage, one champion out of all these teams around the nation. And to be standing there with the best eight, I'm like, what am I doing here? <laughs> yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a special time. Uh, going into that World Series, Jose and I had not really ever met. I had, oh, right. I had no idea who Louis Medina was. But I knew, I've heard about the power, though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've heard, I heard about it. <laughs> yeah. I knew Jose Mota. And uh, so it was with all the big names going in there. Jose, obviously, I grew up a Dodger fan. I grew up in L.A. And Jose's dad was one of my heroes. I used to go to bed at night with a, a radio under my pillow, listen to Vince Scully talking about Manny Mota falling off his 11th pitch in the bottom of the ninth. <laughs> and 
I mean, it was it was amazing uh, to to see Jose over there on the other side of the field, and it was actually, to be honest, one of my first opportunities to see a. Uh, I've been around Latin players, but mostly uh, Latin players that kind of more grew up in the United States, even though Jose did, but he had that more Dominican influence. And it was really sweet to see Jose throwing ball across the field sidearm and turning double plays and and having that really fluid Dominican signature to his game. And uh, and I thought it was so cool. So um, obviously uh, Jose and I ended up being teammates a couple of times and and are, are great friends now, but going into the world series, we didn't know each other personally. And so that was a big deal for me to see Jose. Of all the names there, I wanted to meet Jose Moda. Oh, man. You never told me that, Luis. Socio. That's so nice of you. You know, yeah. one thing I, I remember is uh, whenever we talk about Arizona State and Augie Garrido could not stand Coach Rock. Couldn't stand him. I mean, he could not stand him. So it was the rivalry started, obviously, regionally here. You know, Cal State Fullerton, the Cal State Disney out of the world that everybody made fun of and then <laughs> the, the friction between coach Garrido and coach Brock I recall that as a freshman in 1983 we were kicked out of Arizona State so quickly in a regional and man Audrey McDowell and Barry Bonds and I'm like these are monsters to me that was like this is the big leagues right now Louis I'm thinking and all the guys that they recruited were like you know the Barry Bonds and uh you know, the Mike Devereaux, big, strong guys like Lou Medina. And I'm like, man, we got to play these guys. They kicked us out of, the, out of the regional in 83. Then we meet again in the World Series. And I see these big bodies with those white uniforms and the Sun Devils. And the one thing about Arizona State, too, is, uh, Lou, you tell me how you guys did this. How did you guys travel so well? The fans were unbelievable. No matter what, it was almost like the same voices out there ragging on you constantly. <laughs> well, so so back in the day, Jose, when we were at Arizona State, there was no uh, Arizona Diamondbacks, and the Cardinals were right. coming into existence for football. There were no Phoenix Coyotes, so we were the major league team in, in Phoenix. So it was a big deal uh, in Arizona State to play to play baseball. So going into that World Series, uh, it was it was a little bit personal for me. So I I, uh, I played at Cerritos College right down the road from Cal State Fullerton. And another another uh, powerhouse. It was a powerhouse uh-huh. junior college yes. at the time. Maybe, uh, you know, top five in the country for sure. And we were a feeder to Cal State Fullerton kind of. A lot of our players ended up there. As mm-hmm. a matter of fact, some of my teammates uh, at Cerritos were on that national championship team with Jose. And uh, I was offered a scholarship to Cal State Fullerton. And What? Yes, I don't know if I've ever told this story. And it was, um, it was a deal where you just kind of, if you were at Cerritos, you pretty much just kind of went to Cal State Fullerton. That was the place to be. Um, I had had a girlfriend, didn't want to leave her, and she's now my wife of thirty six years. And uh, yay, Carla. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, I was going there. I was going to go there, and then one day my coach came in and said, "You know what? Cal State Fullerton wants a left handed hitting first baseman." I was a right-handed hitting first. That was a wrong way guy. So they they didn't actually. I never signed anything. So they 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 were going to go in a different direction, and I was crushed. Oh and, man! And so I ended up going on a recruiting trip to Arizona State and Arizona. Signed with Arizona State. So um, here we are on the College World Series, and there's Cal State Fullerton and some of my buddies on the other side. 
players and coaches. So uh, I have to be honest, going into the World Series, we were more concerned with Texas and Oklahoma State because that's that's who got yep. all the here. Cal State exactly. didn't get the big press. They didn't have monster names on that team. And looking back now, um, I was I was pretty stupid. I think the rest of our team was too because they had the best team in the College World Series. It wasn't lucky. Those guys could play baseball. They played it right. They they got runners over. Um, they were a selfless team. Um, not that we were a selfish team, but we were we were a really talented team. We had Barry Bonds. You guys slug, man. You guys just slug people out, man. We did. <laughs> There's no doubt. Uh, and Mike Devereaux. Mike Devereaux. Well, Mike Devereaux was our fourth outfielder on that team most of the oh year. Oh my God. Todd Brown. Remember Todd Brown? Big die too, huh? Brown. We had eight big leaders on that team. Wow. Uh, Oklahoma State. Uh, John Farrells. Uh, Henneman. Um, Desenzo. Incavilia. Uh, Gary Green. Uh, Dennis Livingstone. I mean, geez, Green. on and on and on. Texas had Swindell, Dennis Cook, Billy Bates. Bates, yeah. Left-handers on that staff that all pitched in the big leagues. So we were kind of more concerned about those teams. And uh, when, we get, when we ran into Cal State Fullerton, they just smoked us. I mean, it was never – it wasn't a high-scoring game by any means, but they controlled the game from the first out till the end. Lou, you know one thing that I recall as you mentioned those names, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, is um, that we – didn't have access obviously to video or social media like now. Right. So whenever you read about like Pete and Kabili, who is he? It was all through baseball America, like sure. baseball America. You couldn't wait to get that copy of baseball America to go. Who's doing what, where do we fit? What are they saying about us? Or my God, this Lou Medina guy or, or Barry Bonds. Oh, they remember Barry Bonds, you know, uh, Bobby's son. But when you hear like the Incabilis of the world and, and, and Mandel back in Miami and, and Sousa back in Miami, Coach Frazier, you go, my God, this is the real thing here. Michigan, you know, Barry Larkin. Um, but it was so unique because it was almost like that off factor to me, you know, to see, oh, my God, these are the Billy Bates and, and Dennis Cook. That's that's him right there standing on the other side, you know. And I grew up around, you know, big league stars, not to rag, but I'm like, wow, I'm impressed more by reading about these guys. I'm playing against them. And they are absolute studs as I learned more about college baseball, you know, because I grew up in the Dominican all through high school. I had no idea, Lou, what I was getting myself into. I had no idea. Because you guys played against each other in high school competition. You knew a lot of guys from high school. I knew nobody from high school that I played with, you know, you know, at Fullerton or against somebody in Fullerton. But Augie kept saying this going, hey. Jose, uh, you know, this is going to be more challenging for you because a lot of these guys have played in tournaments in the summer, uh, showcases, uh, travel ball. But, man, when I start seeing these names and the ability they had, I'm like, man, I, I don't know if I'm cut out to uh, be a good ball, ball player anymore. I was pretty good in the Dominican, maybe <laughs> not anymore. But, man. Guys, um, let me take I, you right to the game now. We've surrounded it. So here we are, 1984, College World Series. Jose Motas playing for the team that would be the ultimate champion in the Cal State Fullerton. Louis Medina is playing for a very good team that's in some ways favored with a couple of others to be the champion. You meet in the semifinals. And yes. that game, Cal State Fullerton, Jose's team knocked out Louis Medina's team, knocked them out of a chance to go on in the semifinals. Talk about that game and what you remember. 
What I remember is that um, we always have meetings before the games. Augie loved meeting with guys. And, and the meetings were more uh, beyond the strategic side is the mental side. I mean, he's a master of just letting you know that those giants over there are not going to be – I'm not going to beat you today. And Augie would challenge us, say, hey, you know what? I'm not, I'm not ready to go back to Southern California. I, I don't know about you guys, but I don't want to go back to Southern California yet. Those guys on the other side, they did something to us last year in the regional. Who was here? Raise your hand. We raised our hand going, oh, yeah, we're going to remember that and know that uh, we're going to come out here in the big stage and beat him up and whip him up and run him to death and really make it so distracting. Going into that game, we were all more relaxed, all caught up in the environment. Uh, the beautiful hosting families in, in Omaha and, and throughout the Midwest were just our fans now. And not as impressed anymore by having watched Arizona State play. And we had on the mound a guy that you would not expect to go out there and neutralize this big lineup. Lefty, Jack Reinholz. And I'm going, this guy's throwing 83, 85 miles an hour. He's going to move the ball around. If he's up in the zone, even though the ballpark played huge, there's no ballpark holding Arizona State. And, man, once we got into the flow of the game, Reinholz starts uh, cruising and, and throwing his pitches and putting the defense to work. It was a great thing. It's like we forgot about who we were playing against. It was pretty much play your game and let those big guys go out there and take the big swings and miss. Louis, uh, your swings, I recall a couple of them. Were you coming out of your shoes? (laughs) And you're going, this guy's throwing, what is he throwing, like 81 miles an hour? How are we missing these pitches? So I had had some history with Jack Reinholz, um, and I felt responsible partly for the scouting report going into that game. Really? I had played against Jack. He was at Orange Coast, Cerritos, and I, I had a lot of success against him. Um, so going into the game, I gave scouting report to the guys, uh, letting them know that, I mean, it's, it's, it's not very hard. He turns it over. He keeps everything on the outer edge. But to, to Jack's credit, I mean, he, he pitched a gem. I mean, it was everything on the corners and on the black. And he pitched to our, our weaknesses. And, I mean, from the get-go, uh, it, was, it, was a, it was quick. There were quick innings. We were in the dugout quick. And that's what beat us. I mean, we thrived on – we're a very emotional team. Um, yes, runs and and he got you guys back in the dugout quickly and uh, before we knew it, it was over. I mean, it was a it was a it was a quick, um, painless death, as you guess you could say. To us. <laughs> it was uh, before he knew it, the game was over, and we're like, "What happened?" Uh, but what I will say, listening to you, Jose, going into the game, you guys had all that confidence. We didn't. We were kind of on our heels. We had just lost to Texas. We had, not to make excuses, we had a lot of injuries happen during the series and going into it. I blew out my ankle two days earlier, um, our shortstop did, and it was just kind of a black cloud hanging over our team going into that game. And you could just, you could just tell we didn't have our mojo and you guys were just really good. And, and on a personal note, I was happy for you guys to win it all because I had, you know, Tom Thomas was your center fielder. Now yes. Scott was Nays, the next teammate of my Cerritos. Rick Vanderhoek, the head coach at Cal State Fullerton, was on that team, my ex Cerritos teammate. Oh, yeah. Okay. Todd Simmons was my roommate in Alaska, which we can wow. segue there too, Jose. That's, uh, yeah, yeah. You know what? You know, one thing that uh, Augie did and we did as a team during the World Series, especially against you guys, because you guys had a lot of information about us, especially the Cerritos connection. So instead of giving the signs from – Augie gave the signs from the dugout, as college baseball coaches did back then, 
you, you look at your third base coach, but really the guy giving the coach is the guy in the dugout. So we would have our equipment manager, okay, uh, stand by a one of the poles in the dugout. And there was three strips of tape, okay, three strips of tape. And I would go, hey, guys, we're gonna, I'm going to go through all these signs, but really the key is the man over there, the equipment manager. He's the one who's going to be giving you the signs, really. So he has, if he's leaning against that and touching strip number one, it's a bunt. So <laughs> strip number two, hit and run. Strip number three is a steal. And as you know, I mean, the, the, the back and forth between looking at signs and stealing signs in college is pretty amazing. And back then was unbelievable. And this whole time, nobody's guessing. Their equipment manager standing over there <laughs> with a jogging suit as a guy giving the signs throughout this whole thing. So things like that I really enjoyed. Um, in, in that game, too, Louis, I, I recall uh, getting jammed a couple of times with Villanueva, the lefty. Yes. Was it? I held Villanueva, something like that. What? Gilbert, yeah. Yeah, Gilbert. And I remember my dad calling me after that game going, hey, you got to go out there and relax and, and put, you know, go back with your hands and, and make sure you get the bat out, get the head out. I think I won for four that game. But um, the one thing that I really prided myself in is going, hey, if I can just make contact, make a difference. I think, yeah, I had an RBI probably. But uh, and, look, you got, we got to play catch today. We have to catch a baseball for Jack. And that's exactly how, uh, you know, we frustrated you guys. And even talking to Barry Bonds and watching Barry Bonds throughout that game. And Barry and I had met each other a couple of years earlier in, in a summer tournament. But Barry was shaking his head and just going, this is, Jose, this is unreal. How in the world you guys come over here and make us look like that? And, yes, he mentioned the injuries, Louis, but uh, Barry was the one expressing his frustration. You can see his body language. Uh, he hit some balls hard right at people. Uh, Barry was Barry no matter what throughout that whole series. But um, um, it was really the expression in his face that kind of summarized everything you guys were going through. And uh, he told me later on, even in professional baseball, like, I just cannot believe you guys did it to us on the national stage. <laughs> and going, Barry, still the same, man. We got to neutralize you with the you know, little stuff and play the small game. But, yeah. uh, boy. You guys turned that program around, but uh, it, it was a lot of fun. It was nerve-wracking at times. But once we got past you guys, it was like, okay, uh, there's a couple more to go through it. We got we're one of the big boys. Let's keep rolling. Yeah. Louis, let me ask you. I wanted to ask you, it, in, in sports and in all the games, there are points in the game, no matter what players say, there are points in the game where you're going, damn, this is not working, and we're in trouble. <laughs> Did you was there a point in that game that you played in that semifinal game against Cal State Fullerton where that feeling started to set in? Uh, Gary, I mean, uh, you hate to say it, but almost from the get go. I mean, again, uh, Jack was hitting his spots right off the bat. It was hard to center him up. A lot of ground balls, you know, uh, weak balls in play. And it just you could just tell it wasn't we liked the guys that threw hard and it came right at you. And and he was the exact opposite. And then and then. After that, they brought in little Eddie Delzer. Yes. Five foot six left-hander. And he was actually a little firmer than Reinholtz, but he was on his game too. And, uh, I mean, it was just a perfect storm for them. They, they really, again, a tremendous team. Probably the best team in, the, at, in college baseball the years, the way they did things. But, I mean, they just manhandled us that game. It was, it was humbling, actually. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, you know, Barry um, – 
Yeah, Barry, like like Jose said, Barry was on that team, and and a lot of t- people know the Barry Bonds of the San Francisco Giants. Well, Barry, and he's not. We're not a friends. We're not friends. We don't talk a whole lot. But he was amazing talent back then, Jose, as you remember. I mean, Barry would have been a Hall of Famer, regardless. Oh, no matter what. Oh. Whatever happened, if he got bigger or not. This guy had. This guy was an amazing player back then too, and he and he did it easily and without much practice at times. I might add. Barry Barry knew he was good I mean Barry knew and he let everybody know that he was good there's no doubt about it he could do everything Um, but I recall also he was ready to sign professionally and he also did not hide that oh yeah yeah (laughs) but uh you know that uh that year 84 and and then Jose and I both signed in 85 and just for the people out there I, I was mentioning how that draft was Amazing, Jose. It, it names uh, Will Clark, Barry Larkin, Barry Bonds, Rafa oh, Nero, yeah. Thickpin Brantley, Palmero, and Will Clark all played on the same team in Mississippi State that year. Just crazy names. John Smoltz was a 22nd rounder that year. Mark Grace, a 24th rounder. And also in that draft, you might recognize these names, Deion Sanders, Bo Jackson, and Brian Jordan. Just some kind of draft that year. Oh, God. You know, one of the best experiences, too, in the, in the College World Series, Louie, was uh, the host families and the, the host uh, booster clubs in, in Omaha. And oh, for yeah. us, let me tell you, like, they're treating us to, like, steak dinners every other night. And we're like, oh, steak dinners in college? Are you kidding me? I mean, it was, it was all, all so cool. How about for you guys? Same thing? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It was, it was first class. I mean, Omaha, obviously, they got the new stadium there, and I'm not sure how everything runs. It might have gotten more corporate now. But back back in the Rosenblatt days, it was very uh, family-oriented, and uh, it was great, you know, the host families. And, I mean, they, it was just first. Like I said, it was the first time you felt like a big leaguer, you know. And uh, Yeah, and that tournament, Louis, really, to me, on a personal level, like – it made me elevate my game a little bit more because I was thinking, okay, I really want to play professional baseball. I want to get to the big leagues and playing against the top notch players at that level kind of made me go, you know what, there's some things that I need to go out there and, and do a little bit better if I want to get to the top and, and really stay at a level where I can at least be considered get drafted highly. And uh, it was, it was a great experience all the way around, but in so many ways, your mental side was tested. Uh, you have to eliminate the fans sometimes but also on, on the personal level of becoming a better player to me, that really woke me up a lot to say, there's some things that uh, perhaps I'm not going to have in size that these guys are bigger than, but that I need to get better and polish up some skills that are going to allow me to, you know, play uh, at least get to the big leagues and, and have a professional career for you. Did it do anything in that respect? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think it, do, it did for all the players, especially the guys that kind of, kind of went on, it gives you that extra motivation. Uh, you don't want to embarrass yourself on that stage. It's true. Yeah. You know yep. I mean? yep. yeah. So you do pick up your game. Everything's more acute. And um, absolutely, Jose. It's uh, it, it like I said. It's an it's a big league experience. So you learn to step up your game. And of course, and all the players are better. It's a it's a you're you're playing against better players every single game. As good as college baseball was that year, and, and I'm biased. I think it was. That those years were the best ever in college baseball. Golden years, man. Yeah, and then you got the whole – you got them all there in Omaha. So you're facing John Farrell and Henneman and Swindell and 
oh my gosh, I'm drawing a blank on the picture. Billy Swift from Maine. I mean, some just monster names. Uh, Phillips with Texas. I mean, there's a ton of guys that you just go, wow. And, um, and time after time, they, they showed, you know, as you escalate through all baseball, that why they were at that stage, you know? Right. Right. So as each of you has gone through, <clears throat> I mean, you played a lot of baseball, Louie, you played uh, Cleveland, Kansas city, a lot of years overseas and played in Japan and uh, Jose an opportunity to play not only in the uh, college ranks, but, you ended up uh, being picked by the White Sox, 1985, in the in the second round. Um, yet, for all of that, the College World Series experience, just by listening to you, seems to have had a, a lasting effect. Not just on what you did to improve your game of baseball, but a lasting effect on your life. And, and part of it is here we are spending this time. How many years later, talking about the '84? college world series and just listening to you the meaning that it has for you comes through can you talk about that a little bit its effect on your overall life not just your baseball life Louie oh yeah for me I mean gosh dog Gary it meant everything you know growing up as a little kid I, I never in my wildest dreams thought I was going to even play at a program like Arizona State yet alone play in the college world series and to this day everywhere you know, it's always a topic. You know, you played at college, uh, you played at Arizona State, you played in the College World Series. I, I, unfortunately, living here in Arizona, still do. I, 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 a lot of fans said, but you guys didn't win it that year. You know, <laughs> they remember vividly. Um, thanks to us. <laughs> thanks, guys. Thanks to you guys. Um, but it's just, it's it's one of the highlights of my my career. I know it wasn't professional back then, but um, it definitely is one of the highlights. It's it's at the top and something I'll always cherish. And, it, and it's not just great for me, somebody who played a little bit in the big leagues layers, but, but the guys that didn't get a chance to play professionally, um, the guys that didn't sign a contract, that was their shiny moment and they got to be there. And it's really just a special, really special gig for those guys, for everybody. Yeah. You know, one thing too, uh, for me, that was very special, Gary and Louie, um, is that because it was on ESPN, it was shown worldwide, right? So, Many people had heard back in the Dominican, you know, Manny Mota's son is playing in, in, in the U.S. And there had not been very many Latin American players to play college baseball and to get known. So that World Series alone kind of put me on the map of my countrymen back in the DR and many people that I grew up with. I mean, it was only two years out of high school when I played in the College World Series. But all these high school buddies later when they saw me, like, we saw you on TV, man. I can't believe we saw you on TV. And, I mean, you're representing us well. And uh, people get to know your game a little bit more. To this day, I get people talking about, we saw you play in 1984 World Series. And, and uh, what a team that you guys had. And um, uh, it, it changed my life in a way in which I would say, even getting back to getting back home after that, World Series, I was still working out, you know, in the summers with my dad. The Dodger guys, all, the, the big names with the Dodgers are like, dude, we just saw you. We're so proud of you. We just saw you play, and, you know, you, you represented us well. You didn't make us look bad for all the things that, you know, we've done for you. I mean, I was taking ground balls at shortstop with Bill Russell, and the guy catching the ball first base is Mike Socha. Stuff like that, you know, that happened later on. 
And I'm going, my goodness, this is pretty crazy to, to think that people are watching me back in the Dominican. They're watching me here. I'm getting evaluated by scouts now in a different level because of the World mm. Series. And I really think that it helped my profile, Louis, in at least in the way I was evaluated by scouts going into that draft because Augie had a conversation with me uh, the following year coming into 1985 and going, hey, listen, I'm getting a lot of calls all because they saw you play in the World Series. They saw you play in Alaska. So this is going to get uh, quite tedious for you. You're going to get a lot of calls from the scouts. They want to come see you and meet you and do the eye test. So, I mean, it, it just elevated my, my life in, in such a way that I didn't expect it to happen that fast, but it was quite meaningful to me that the people of the Dominican, it wasn't just by via mm. phone calls or my dad doing a report. They mm. got to know who I was and which I was trying to become as a college student and then obviously as a student athlete. Mm. Guys, I'll let you, uh, believe it or not, we have uh, roamed through here a good half hour. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on, Gary. We're just getting started. There's a pregame. Well, see, that's what I told you before. <laughs> that's why we do this. We just let you talk to one another, and away oh, it goes. Man. And the next thing you know, you're almost done. I'll let you, uh, if there's a final word from either of you or both of you that you'd like to throw in, and let me do that before we close it uh, Before we close it out. Louie, I'll go to you if there's anything you'd like to add. Yeah, so this is a big rivals year. Your podcasts are all about rivals, and we were rivals, but out of that friendship with Jose, uh, the best roommate you could ever have and greatest person ever, and uh, I love him. He's a brother to me, and uh, I appreciate you guys doing this. Uh, it's been great, Louis, to reconnect again uh, for you guys for, to do this. Rivals, yes, but, I mean, more than that, just good friends um, and, and being in, in, in broadcasting. Uh, Louis is a go-to guy for me when I see him around ballparks and he'll come to me and ask me questions about some players. But overall, I, I am truly blessed to have found Rob Baseball, special people, special friends. I mean, we can go on forever because Louis and I became teammates in Alaska. We became roommates in Omaha, teammates in Omaha. Uh, we had a lot of fun with a guy named Al Padrique. Remember that, Louis? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Julie, Louis used to harass Al Padrique in the worst way and we're teammates in Omaha in a good way. Uh, but um, what I'd like to say is thank you so much. I relive the stories, and I recall so many of these because those are great moments and life-changing moments for me, and I've been tremendously blessed by moments like this too, by uh, us finding each other again in this manner and, and moving forward with our lives. Guys, it's uh, just as a fan, let me tell you, I've been just sitting here listening. I, I love it. I love to hear the stories, and especially when it comes from so deep inside you, which uh, it obviously does. Jose Moda. Louis Medina, our guests, the 1984 College World Series, where they competed against one another, Cal State Fullerton, for who Jose Mota played for, beat Texas 3-1 to one for the championship. Yes. That was the final game that was played there. And Louis Medina's club eliminated by the same Cal State Fullerton team in the semifinals uh, for joining us here today. We deeply appreciate it. That is going to conclude another chapter of our sports rivals. And we want to remind you but uh, an opportunity to join us at another location. Our sponsor, Bet Online. Head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag. You can sign up today. You can find our show at believe.com or wherever you listen to your podcast. And if you're listening on uh, an Apple podcast, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the show. You can learn more about this show and other episodes logging on to thesportsrivals.com. 
Join the conversation, questions, suggestions for future shows. Follow us on Instagram at TheSportsRivals, on Twitter at Rivals underscore podcast, on Facebook at Searching for the Sports Rivals Podcast. Thank you again. Thanks to Jose. Thanks to Louie. Thanks for all of you for joining in here on These Sports Rivals. And remember, it is the rivalries that make the game. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.